Well, it was a Christmas Eve service. One of the verses that we emphasized was Luke chapter 2 and verse number 13 or 14. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Wouldn't you have enjoyed being there and listening to the angels sing? And they were wanting us to experience peace. We talked about two kinds of peace. Number one, peace with God. Peace with God as we trust him as our savior through our faith in Jesus Christ. We're not saved by good works. We're not saved by going to church. But instead, we're, we're saved by faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We're sinners. We deserve to spend eternity separated from him. But he died so that we could live if we believe on him, if we trust him as our savior. For by grace are you saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But not only do we need peace with God, we need the peace of God. 2021 has joined 2020 in being a tough year. Wouldn't you agree with that, that uh, the last two years have been challenging with COVID, with other situations going on? The economy is difficult as well. But the good news is this, that God gives us peace as we trust him day by day. What we need to do is to not be anxious, but instead to pray and to depend on him for a peace that passes understanding. The key to it all is knowing the God of peace. The key to it is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting him as Savior, and then trusting him day by day. But we do need courage as we seek to live for God and to serve him. The last four, uh, I guess this is the fourth uh, sermon, have, have words that start with, with G. Uh, I think that, that we started off with the first one, gratitude. Gratitude for God's grace, as we saw it in the genealogy. And then generosity. Uh, I, I guess that second was godliness. Uh, Joseph was a man who received God's word, and he obeyed God's word. Number three was generosity. Because of God's being good to us, we need to be giving back to him. We need to be generous to him as well as to others. And this week, didn't know what to say. Grit was a possibility. Uh, gumption was a possibility. But I came up with guts. We need to have guts. I guess that might be my football upbringing. Uh, we, the, the, the coach always talked about, well, you need to have guts. You need to do what it takes and so on. Well, we need to have guts as well. We need to have courage as we live our lives day by day. In fact, there are three needs that we have. Number one is wisdom. Number two is courage. Number three is strength. Wisdom is knowing what to do. And if we lack wisdom, we can ask from God and God will give it to us. Courage is choosing to do it. Did you know that you can know what to do and still not choose to do it? Usually, we don't choose to do it because we don't have the courage that we need. And then strength is getting it done. Uh, and, and of course, the only way that we can get it done is through faith in Jesus Christ. In John chapter 15, verse number five, it talks about abiding in Jesus Christ and says we'll bear much fruit for without him, we can do nothing. And it goes on to say in Philippians chapter two, verse number 13, God's the one who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then Philippians 4, 13, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So as we look at 2022, don't we need wisdom? Don't we need courage? Don't we need strength? Well, John the Baptist had courage. He had guts. As you look at Matthew chapter 3 and other portions of Scripture, it's obvious that he was willing to do what it took. He was willing to say 
what needed to be said. So if you will take your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 3 as we talk about guts. Matthew chapter 3 beginning to read at verse number 1. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who is spoken of by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 40 and verse number 3 saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea, all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Let's pray together. Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, we just pray that we too will have courage that we will be willing to do what it takes. Thank you for your promise to give us the wisdom, the courage, the strength that we need to live the Christian life and to serve you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. John the Baptist, number one, had the courage to share the good news. Look at verses one through three. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Notice that his message was not a feel-good message. His message was not a self-help message. His message was a message of repentance. Now, when we think about the good news, so often we just think about, well, God wants us to go to heaven. But the reality is that the reason that Jesus came and died on the cross was because of our sin. We don't deserve to go to heaven. And we need to repent. Now, repent basically means to change our mind. Some of us don't like to change your mind. How many of you have a spouse? Don't, don't look at them. Don't nudge them with your elbow. But how many of you have a spouse that just will not change their mind? They are, you're not supposed to raise your hand. <clears throat> <laughs> they just, they're just convinced that they are right and they are going to keep thinking exactly the way they've been thinking probably for the rest of their lives. Well, that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to repent. He wants us to change our mind. He wants us to realize that we are sinners and that we need a Savior. So John the Baptist was preaching a message that was not necessarily very popular. It was one of repentance. And he was willing to share the good news about Jesus Christ. You know, as we think about the good news of Jesus Christ, it's important for us to do the same thing. 
Now, John the Baptist was called to do this. Verse number three, this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 40, verse number three, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist was predicted in the Old Testament, and he fulfilled that prophecy. He fulfilled that prediction. But let me ask you a question. Are we called to share the good news? I think we are. I mean, the Great Commission is clear. We've got the Great Commandment, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. But as Jesus was about to live this earth, he said to his disciples, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He said, you need to make disciples by going, by baptizing, by teaching them to observe all things. Each and every one of us that know Jesus Christ as Savior have the calling, the responsibility to share the good news. Wouldn't you agree with that? And yet sometimes we do not have the guts to do it. We don't have the courage to do it. We're afraid. We're afraid that somebody might ask us a question that we do not know. You know, when somebody asks me a question I do not know, you know what I say? Either I say, I don't know, or I say, I'll get in touch with Ronnie, my son, and ask him. He'll probably be able to figure it. It's good to have Ronnie uh, with us for several days, and uh, he, he finished seminary. Since I finished seminary, he probably has a fresher look. I was talking to Gray the other day. I could ask Gray as well, because uh, he, he's, he's about to finish seminary. He'll be through, Lord willing, in June. He was talking about books, and he was saying that most of the books he has are like the last 10 years or so. Most of the books I have were probably written in the 50s, 60s, 70s, something like that. Uh, but as, as we think about the fact that our responsibility is to share the good news, sometimes we're scared because we might not be able to answer the question. We're scared because they might make fun of us. They might ridicule us. But let me ask you a question. Thinking about the golden rule, would you want somebody to share with you the gospel if you did not know Jesus Christ as Savior so that you could spend eternity in heaven? If we would want somebody to share with us, we ought to share with others as well. I'm, I'm not real big into resolutions, but I do think that we do need to resolve as a church, as individuals in the church, that during the course of 2022, we are going to have the courage to share the good news about Jesus Christ, to communicate to people around us what Jesus Christ has done for us and how we can have everlasting life through faith in his name. So number one, the courage to share the good news. Number two, John the Baptist had the courage to sacrifice. Look at verses four through six. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist his food was locusts and wild honey. In other words, he was not soft. He was tough. He spent his time in the wilderness. He probably was suntanned, uh, probably sunburned, and, and he was, was dressed in rough clothing, camels here. I had opportunity to, to ride a camel one time. How many of you have ridden a camel? How many of you have regrets in your life? My regret is that I was... At the, at the Red Sea, and I had to get back to where we were. I had very little money. The camel, camel ride was going to cost me a dollar. And I decided, I don't know that I better do that because I'm not sure if I have enough money to get back to where I'm going. So I did not ride that camel. But I did notice that camel's hair is pretty rough. He had camel's hair. He had, he had 
He had clothing. Uh, he had a belt, a leather belt around him. He also ate locusts and wild honey. It's possible that locusts uh, was, was a, a plant in that day. It's also possible that he ate grasshoppers. Uh, we, we see that in the Old Testament, that they could eat grasshoppers. And wild honey, that means that, that he went and found honey. He, he, was, he was minimalistic. Have you heard that phrase before? He was a minimalist. Uh, I remember one time dad giving a missionary a suit. He didn't have very much. Dad gave him a suit. The missionary said, I will accept that on one basis. Number one, if I, wanna, if I want to give it to somebody else, I can give it to somebody else. Because he was a minimalist, minimalist can't even say it. He, he, was, he did not have a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> he was an individual, this missionary was, and John the Baptist, where the focus was not on things, the focus was on serving God, living for him. And as, as we think about John the Baptist, he was willing to sacrifice. He had the courage to sacrifice. Now, notice in, in verses 5 and 6, all Jerusalem, all Judea, all the region around Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Well, that, that's exciting to see how God was working in that situation, but it's also interesting to note that he was probably a very busy person right, right about this time. Because there were a whole bunch of people that were coming out to him to hear him preach and to be baptized and so on. He sacrificed his time. He wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned about making a difference for Jesus Christ. He had the courage to sacrifice. We also need to, to recognize that, that he was in the spotlight. How many of you have a fear of speaking in public? You, you really don't want to be up in front of people speaking. That Probably about a third of you raised your hand. John the Baptist might have had a fear of speaking. I don't know. Uh, but he had to be in front, so to speak. If I had my preference, I would be like a few people that I see in the back that, that like to sit on the back row. Did you know that before I became a preacher, I sat on the back row? I, I thought that it was a good way to observe everybody and to, to, to see how they were responding to, to God preach, uh, the preaching of the word and all that kind of stuff. Plus, my grandmother sat on the back row, so I sat on the back row with her. Uh, sometimes I'd rather be on the back row than up here, although I really enjoy preaching. But he was, he was an individual who was willing to sacrifice. Paul was an individual that was willing to sacrifice, was he not? Uh, he, you look at 2 Corinthians 11, he went through a whole lot. Ended up being martyred for the sake of Jesus Christ. Just like John the Baptist ended up being martyred by Herod because of his faith in Jesus Christ and his bold proclamation of the word of God. So number one, he had the courage to share the good news, even though it was a hard message to share. Number two, he had the courage to sacrifice. Uh, there's a verse in John 12, 24 that primarily talks about Jesus, but it applies to us. John 12, 24 says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. If we're not willing to sacrifice, in all probability, we're not going to make too much of an impact for the Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, we need to be praying that God will give us the courage to share the good news. Number two, to sacrifice. Number three, to speak the truth. He not only shared the good news about Jesus Christ, but when the Pharisees and Sadducees came along 
He really laid into them. Notice what it says in verse 7. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him, or coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers. How many of you like snakes? Okay, I see one hand. There, there's always one in the crowd. Most of us don't like snakes. And how many of you would like to be called a snake? Not many of us would like that, but he called them brood of vipers. Do you think he was trying to win a popularity contest? No, he was preaching the word of God. He was stepping on toes. And he said, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, just don't talk the talk. You need to walk the walk. You need to make sure that you are living a different kind of life. And don't think that you can just go to church or, or sing in the choir or be a deacon or something like that, and that's good enough. Don't think to say to yourself, verse number nine, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Big deal that you're a Jew, that you have Abraham as your father. He goes on to talk about judgment. Even now the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear fruit, good fruit, is cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, who is he talking to? Primarily the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day. He is basically telling them, you need to repent. You need to bear fruit worthy of repentance. If you don't, you're going to experience God's wrath. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, talking about Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And he was communicating to the Pharisees and to the Sadducees, your chaff, and you're going to experience the wrath of God. Sometimes there are people in America today that look at God's word and they hear preaching and so on and they, they focus on the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But they don't look at the last portion of that verse, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If we don't believe in him, what are we going to do? We're going to perish. We're going to spend eternity separated from God. We're going to experience judgment by God. When I looked up the word wrath one time in the Bible, almost every time it talked about wrath, it was not talking about people, it was talking about God. God is angry against sin. God does not like sin. And when we look at John the Baptist's message, he was speaking the truth. He was basically telling them, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they needed to repent and turn to Jesus Christ, turn away from their sin, live lives worthy of repentance. He was bold. He was focused on speaking the truth. Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 15 said, speak the truth in love. We do need to love people, but we communicate the truth to them, even when it is not popular, even when it is not comfortable to do so. Number one, courage to share the good news. Number two, courage to sacrifice. Number three, Courage to speak the truth. And then last, courage to seek to do God's will. Verses 13 through 17. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? In other words, I'm not comfortable with this. 
I don't really think this is the best thing to do. I don't think this is the right thing to do. I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. Jesus responded by saying, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. In other words, he didn't understand. He didn't necessarily agree with what Jesus had to say, but he was determined that he was going to do God's will. Courage to seek to do God's will. Do you have that courage? Are you determined that whatever God asks you to do, that's exactly what you are going to do? We need to be surrendered to God and to his will. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, Jesus didn't have to be baptized because he'd never done anything wrong. But he wanted to fulfill all righteousness. He wanted to set an example for us. And so he was baptized. And John the Baptist, though he didn't understand and though he didn't necessarily agree, he was determined that he was going to do God's will. Do we have the courage to seek to do God's will? Even when we don't understand, even when it is difficult for us, are we determined that we are going to be obedient to him? I believe as we look at 2022, we need to have what is called predetermined obedience. Predetermined obedience is that we determine beforehand that in whatever situation we are in, we are going to obey God. We are going to do his will. If we wait until we are in the situation before we decide that we're going to obey God, then a lot of times we're just going to mess up. We're going to fail to obey him. If we walk the fence, then we are sometimes going to fall on the other side of the fence rather than on the side of obedience. I, I think that, that we have a tendency to want to go so far without giving in to temptation, but what we need to do is determine that we're going to stay away from temptation, that we are going to determine by God's grace that we're going to obey him no matter what, that we are going to seek to do God's will. Well, I think we need guts as Christians. We need to be courageous. We need to be bold as a lion, like John the Baptist was. We need to be courageous enough to share the good news about Jesus Christ, to tell others what Jesus Christ has done for us. We need to be courageous enough to live a life of sacrifice, not concerned about our own comfort, but concerned about obedience to God's word and looking out for other people. We need to have the courage to speak the truth even when it is not popular. I appreciate this church. Y'all want me to speak the truth. I don't know if all of you do, but the vast majority of you want me to preach the word of God. You want me to step on toes. You want me to make sure I'm communicating what this word says, not what popular philosophy says or self-help philosophy says. You want me to speak the truth. We need to have the courage to do that. Uh, and, and you know, there are a lot of people in the church that don't have the courage to speak the truth. There are certain areas in which they are compromising with the world and they are going along with wokeness, so to speak, rather than sticking with the word of God and speaking the truth in love. Finally, we need to have the courage to seek to do God's will. 
Even if we feel like we're incapable, even if we don't understand, we need to obey. Just like John the Baptist baptized Jesus, even though he felt like it was not necessarily the best thing to do. As we look at 2022, we do need courage. We do need guts. And my question is this. Are you really serious about living your life for Jesus Christ? Are you serious about serving him? If you are, it's going to take courage, but with God's help, because we can't do anything apart from him. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Let's trust God to give us courage as we finish out this year and as we go through 2022. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ and the opportunity that we have to let the people around us know what Jesus has done for us. Help us to be courageous enough to share the good news. Lord, help us to, to make sure that we are willing to sacrifice, looking not on our own interests, but the interests of others. Help us to speak the truth in love, not tactlessly, but making sure that we are communicating what your word says. And Lord, help us to seek to live for you. With all our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, we love you, therefore we want to obey you. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. We don't deserve your forgiveness, but as we come boldly before your throne of grace, you give us mercy and grace to help in time of need. If we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, I pray that we will take this opportunity to put the past behind, to look ahead to the future and trust you to work your perfect will in and through us for your honor and for your glory. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.